electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC, Squawk on the Street. I want to start with uh, this morning, obviously a lot to talk about in terms of the uh, markets, guys. But uh, did want to get to uh, Twitter because uh, in addition to this latest claim that we've been talking about throughout the morning, of course, you heard uh, uh, Joe and Melissa and Kyle Bass talking about it. We can tell you now something we've been waiting for has occurred. It's been filed privately, but it will hit the docket this morning. Uh, And that is that Elon Musk, again, no surprise here, has filed to amend his counterclaim and added the whistleblower complaint to that and or the allegations made by the whistleblower last week to their complaint. So what is the effect of that? Well, obviously, it will be to ask the judge for more discovery and to potentially delay the trial. So none of that is a surprise. In fact, we've been waiting for when that would take place. Again, sources tell me it has been filed privately. It will hit the docket this morning. It will be made public at that point, or at least people will be able to understand what it is. Um, But again, the question becomes, and likely uh, uh, the chancellor will hold a hearing, uh, as she did last week, um, on different requests, but likely hold a hearing and then make a decision as to whether additional discovery is allowed for and if and whether the trial should be delayed. All of this, of course, in the wake of that whistleblower complaint that was made public by uh, the Washington Post and CNN last week uh, that really doesn't back up uh, Musk on his claims of bots, but does open up this new avenue of um, security and whether, in fact, the company perhaps is even more liable Uh, under its consent decree with the FTC. More on that in a minute. All right. So is this possible, and we have seen this in Delaware courts, that this is the opening of the price negotiations? You know, Jim, you're asking a valid question, which is would either side consider just getting this over and done with and settling? Like maybe it's given perhaps maybe 44 is the magic. What still still seems to be the weakness of Musk's case in many ways, given what he needs to prove in court. We have seen not whether there are more bots than he says. You know, Kyle Bass was talking about more bots. Sure, there may well be. But he needs to prove that there was fraud and prove that it it actually is a material adverse effect on the merger agreement. That is not going to be easy to do in court. We have seen cases in Delaware frequently where you get to this point and the judge calls you in and say, okay, look, I want to see negotiation before I want to see a ruling. And the stock's down a lot. Isn't there some price uh, that you'll accept Twitter? How about you accept 44.45? And at that point, Twitter has to eat, eat, has to decide their case is ironclad or there's an opportunity to sell this darn company. And I have to tell you, I think they want to sell it so badly that well, I think they, they'll take They have an back. agreement to sell it, and that's what yeah. they keep saying. Well, but they, <laughs> but they, we have a deal. At 5420, you know, by they, the way. Oh, everyone has a deal. And then when they get in there, they don't have a deal. Well, 
again, Jim, I think this board of directors, best I can tell at this point, is very still believes very strongly that they have a very strong case. I don't think the judge is going to like that. I and think the judge is going to say, guys, we want you want a deal? I don't want to rule on this. You want a deal? Okay. Make a deal. Again? You mean make another deal, right? Because you come to a settlement. Yeah. Yes. Listen, you, know, you, can't, you cannot discount the possibility for a settlement, but frankly, Twitter believes it has a very strong case to be made at this point. Let's, let's hit the second termination letter, though, because this is, again, all right, you're going to file another termination letter. So what really, what does it mean? It's not like you're going to get another case and another judge to do this all over again. It's all going to be incorporated into the current case. Uh, Musk's second termination letter does so say, as you'd expect, that the Zatko complaint, he's the whistleblower, alleges far-reaching misconduct at Twitter, all of which was disclosed to Twitter's directors and senior executives, including its CEO, that's likely to have severe consequences for its business. And if true, demonstrate Twitter has breached the provisions, certain provisions of the merger agreement, and therefore we have the right to, to get out. Twitter says... Thin read. Twitter says, hey, uh, that's based solely on statements made by a third party, as Twitter's previously stated, riddled with inconsistencies and inaccuracies and lack important context. And by the way, we preach none of these representations or obligations. And uh, no way. You can't get out. You got to uh, stick with the terms. of the Yeah. Year. I agree so, with that. Look, that's I, where we stand. Yeah, um, one key- okay, so why does it stop? Okay. We're in the stock business. Yes, we are, sir. The stock is telling you that it's not going to happen. I, I don't disagree with that. You do? Yes. Why? Because you think the stock would be at 20 otherwise? I think the downside when you speak to as many people as I have is below 20. 20 potentially. Holy cow. That is what many. Now, listen, there's going to be plenty of disagreement about it. But if you were to tell me today that this deal breaks, it's done over with, Twitter's going to remain a public company. I think there's an argument to be made that the stock would trade below 20. Because the progression is so bad. Because there is certainly at least some disarray at the company. There's real questions about its uh, leadership and a lot of other things. And, yeah, so you say that, I say no. That's that's reflective of risk, certainly, that this deal is not going to close in the terms uh, originally thought. And or the slight risk right now that Musk uh, wins in court. Although directionally, since whistleblower, since Musk bid... Your point. Your point is right. My point is, listen, forty-five. It yeah, gave it, him. It definitely like gave you, him look, an avenue that was not should, available as well, least right. a possibility. It but why the, should Brett Taylor, who I wish would spend more time at Salesforce, because there's the stock that goes down pretty regularly by appointment, it seems to go down. Um, that I don't mean to insult. Brett's great, but you know, the, honestly, Salesforce would could look, use more time. Although he did, he did divide his time. He's yeah. working in South America, all that stuff. Yeah. But I think that Brett should look at that price and say, you know, guys, let's take 40 when we can get it. 40? Well, you just said it's worth 20. They're not going <laughs> to take 40 because they, they got a contract for 54.20. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. It does not it matter. Does look matter at the accredited home lending case. Law, look at the accredited home lending lo- 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 And there's start. an obligation on Musk's party to actually prove, Musk's team, to prove that there's been a material breach. And there hasn't. At least at, we haven't seen at this point. Now, again, and by the way, the road they went down is about bots. The whistleblower kind of backed up Twitter on bots, but created, obviously, a lot of other the questions, whistleblower has including for issues. the FTC. And, guys, I want to end this because we want to talk about the market. But uh, I do want to play quickly, if I can. Moselle Thompson joined us last week, former FTC commissioner. I like that interview. And, you know, the key well, question. Self, pretty self-reverential, though. The key question is. What, who's? You, want, I mean, what? you. Because I could, I could play stuff from Mad Money that I like. Well, and we will. And we do that all the time. <laughs> In fact, right. today may be one of the few days that we don't. 
Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. You want to speak on the phone like we did yesterday? That was hilarious. David, is it okay? Go ahead. Jim, coming in. David, run, run there. The, run the clip. All right. Um, Mazel Thompson made the point that he, that the FTC has had its opportunity to audit the company. Take a listen. Every two years, they have a, an independent auditor, and the FTC gets the report of that audit. So since 2011, and I'm sure that they reviewed that in their latest settlement, which is only at the end of May. Right. And as part of that settlement included some of the points that were raised by the whistleblower. So it showed me that they actually saw that. So the question is, is that with this whistleblower complaint, is there anything new that the FTC hasn't seen already? Right. And that's a key question oh, here that, was, that will continue. So that was dispositive. We'll see. That interview was dispositive. He's amended his counterclaim. He's going to ask for more discovery. We'll see if the judge agrees to actually delay the trial. And that's kind of where yeah, we stand right now. I do think, Carl, that it's important to point out that the social media stocks have completely collapsed. And it's not so much that Twitter's worth 20, but the whole cohort seems to be revealed. And what do you include in that? Emperor with no clothes. What Pinterest. Pinterest. Pinterest is very, very painful. Snap. It, like that disappeared as a factor. And by the way, almost everything, like internet banking, anything internet has become the kiss of death. Yeah. Now, I will say, I will risk right here saying that I think that Meta actually has more things going than people realize, including just the Joe Rogan interview with Mark. I did not expect the Joe Rogan interview. Did, 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 did yeah. Mark come out against the vaccine? I uh, did not hear that part. Against um, vaccine? But he definitely was pretty candid about um, how he views competing platforms. I know. Yeah, even I, admitting to some criticisms of Instagram I, that it's over-curated, for I, example. I, well, you know, they do have the, you know, there, there are some celebrities, high-profile celebrities, who are right now upset. Kardashian. What are they upset about? Sorry. Not on top of the situation. You're not following the Kardashian meta. No. What are they? What's going on? He's, he's been working on the t- Twitter, and he's, he's been reporting. They don't like the way it's reading the tabloids. They, they don't like Instagram. They're upset. Yeah, they, they were to be their own. They had oh. some criticisms of the curation it's, process. It's Kardashian. Oh, okay, so Dave, the Kardashians are a, kind of a cultural phenomenon. Yes. They represent yes. a cross between Jefferson and Madison. Got it. Okay. Just so you know where they are. Um, well, we'll watch social media. Even as we're going into midterms, you'd think engagement might be picking up. But as for the broader market today, as we said, bulls are going to try to regroup after a couple tough days, Jim. You did some interesting chart work with Larry Williams last yes, night. Yes, I want to talk about that. Why do all the that. chartists, why are they all so constructive about year-end, the, okay. the people who watch charts? Uh, besides the fact that the 1892 chart matches exactly. No, it is, there is something about the setup of being negative all year with an October surprise down that then has led to a good conclusion of the year, whether it be the conclusion right at the end after Christmas or whether it be right from October bottom. But there are there are so when you look at it, uh, this is a situation, David, where if you overlay the whole year over previous years, you'll see that this setup is always bullish for the, the middle of October on. Why? Well, sometimes you can't divine that. Oh, you just know it because you've seen it before. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now let me just explain something to David while I've got him. Mm-hmm. He was, he, was, he blanked attention. out about the Kardashians. We're going to give him some music. Do you play fantasy football? Um, I'm aware of it. Okay. So, 
there's a lot of people who tend to get injured during the season. Yes. So, you know, you can call Dave Tepper. We can get him on the phone right now and talk about Christian McCaffrey. Now, in like game five, he gets hurt. So you set the chart up and you predict it in game five, he gets hurt because it's likely. He's, it's likely. That's, this is like likely tendencies. Because it's happened before. Because it's happened before. So, I mean, th- this maybe he understands uh, football. No? I like football. Well, no, but that's not the point. I'm saying that you understand that there's I tendencies. Do. These I are do. These are about I tendencies. I hope Mr. McCaffrey doesn't get hurt this year. You haven't? No, I don't have him, but I just hope he, I hope he has a good year. <laughs> Tepper said the same thing to me. I said, how are you doing? He said, I think that Christian is going to have a good year. I was saying, no, about the tenure. Uh, it's nice to see football in real time, even though some of these games it don't really have the players. It really is. And you know. we have unbelievable games, yep. NBC. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable games. Good we play, We do Sunday night games. Um, so just back to the market for a minute. Given this chart, the way I the never charts the are setting up. I never, yes. I've never known you as really a chartist. Larry Williams was a guy who Larry makes Williams fun of chartists. so right. He called the four weeks, flip up. Uh, he correctly identified that most of this year is going to be not great. And at April of 2020, when everyone thought that the world was going to end, he said you have to go all in, every penny. It's okay. one of the great calls of life. So he's saying we're setting up for an October rally. We're a rally into the middle of October. Into the middle of October. Beginning last week. Beginning Friday. So far, so good. We'll see. Futures have lost a little, Steve. Listen, David. Holding on. <laughs> I'm talking to David right now. I'm getting the David, let me tell you something. Yes. When we come back this morning, uh, Exxon escalating its dispute with Russia over the exit of a major oil and gas project. We'll talk a bit about that. We'll get to a bunch of names with some earnings, Best Buy, Big, Baidu. There's some uh, First Solar and Peloton news as well. More Squawk on the Street after this. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Well, it is a, a rarity for a, a company to sue a country, but uh, we are on that road right now. We're not there yet. I'm talking about Exxon uh, escalating its dispute with Russia over its exit from the Sockland One project that it has been involved with, of course, for many, many years uh, in that country. Uh, it was last spring when Exxon said, we're out, took a $3.9 billion charge. 
and expected to be able to wind down operations with, with the expectation being as well that it would find another company to come in uh, and take over, essentially. Um, it's not the day-to-day workers who are all Russian nationals. Uh, it is the senior management, the engineers and the like, who are also there that need to be replaced with similar quality engineers. And that seems to be an issue. Um, seems to be something that Russia has not been able to, uh, or I should say Exxon has not been able to replicate. And they've also been prevented from replicating by the Russian government. So now you have the escalation of this um, dispute to, uh, they've basically filed a notice of dispute essentially, but it could end up uh, in what would be um, international court uh, and then you potentially could find yourself in some sort of a, a a case where they actually have a, a judgment against Russia. Um, this was 200,000 barrels a day barrels of production. Day, down to 10,000. They're basically producing enough to keep the lights on in Sokolin itself. That's it. But they're, you can't just shut these plants no, down. No, you can't. You have to keep them going. Uh, and you have to keep them going at a level where uh, certainly Exxon would say respects the environment, most importantly, because they very have significant concerns that were they to hand this over or somehow shut it down, it would result in potential Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Problems. It's not funny, but, but if you remember, Carl, when we had the, uh, during the hurricane in Texas, you saw what happened. Very few of those plants were ready. And so they hit the storm. And the storm destroyed their ability to start up again. Right. I mean, these, these things are so complex. We just think, oh, you know, we have an image of Rockefeller in uh, the Bradford Fields in Pennsylvania, where they're just, you know, putting bike down, they're stealing the oil from everybody else. No, I mean, these things are technological marvels. And by the way, doing that in the middle of the Arctic, or wherever the heck oh. they are up there, is even more of a technological marvel. But that um, you know, suing in, Putin. in terms of what they were able to actually do with what? their engineers there, and the, the, the lateral drilling that took place, um, it really is technologically like, and incredibly, as we, you know, as we showed in our documentary, just you, know, you go off the coast of Guyana, you look at what is actually involved in the process. No, it's, it's incredible. Even in the, By the way, on Peacock, <laughs> behind the paywall, I'm sorry to say, but worth a viewing nonetheless. People should know that when you have these fields, the, the reason why they're so great is that when you see big oil numbers coming out of the Permian, they have to drill those constantly to replenish. But like a big field in the Gulf, like Chevron has, holy cow, they produce 160,000 every year. So yeah. this is the kind, you know, this is pure gold to have that, that 220,000 every year. Because <laughs> otherwise, I mean, we just have to replenish. Right. And replenishment is the kiss of death. Well, well you got, you know, City recently uh, made their exit from Russia. And then, Jim, on Ukraine, there's a lot of discussion this morning about Kyiv. Uh, making a new offensive, a yes, counteroffensive, well, taking a little bit back from you, what Russia's gotten. You mentioned the idea that the natural gas is building. Uh, there had been a lot of people who felt that Germany and France would sell out uh, Ukraine and have meetings with Putin on their own and get right. to a peace treaty without Zelensky in the room. That is coming off the table, which I think is allowing more offensive. However, remember, our country believes that Russia is a sanctuary. And that's what the military guys always at gym, it's a sanctuary. Meaning that Biden is forbidden 
any of our weapons to be used offensively yeah. against what are known Russian land. Meanwhile, the Russians are still selling plenty of oil, financing this war. Uh, in fact, their revenues this they, year were, were more than they were a year ago. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's not working the way it was supposed to in terms exactly. of at least trying to sort of cut them off. Exactly. should point what? out, though, just to end on, on Exxon, they're spending millions of dollars a day to operate this, and they're not even getting paid by so Rosneft getting, to do so. Is it, going to, is it enough to actually bang the earnings? And what's, no. what's, uh, what's the, the Dutch doing? No, it's well, not. Well, the Brit, uh, what's Shell doing? They're out, too. But I, it right? may be a different situation with Shell. We should I, look I, into Shell as, just because... I don't know as much about that. Well, the only reason say is because these oil companies overseas are different from ours. I mean, we're, we're trying to get out of everything. What's left yeah. that we're doing? Well, Shell has warned that at least the, the energy crisis in Europe is going to last for several winters, not just this... They ought to just winter. call Tellurian and get that deal done. By the way, you know, Chenier's doing some... Well, no. Some of these plants, you see that the ones they're doing, they're filing today. It's going to 2030 is when the next plant will work. If you file today, it's a seven years. What, do you, what does this mean? We got to go. Got to go to break. But we will get Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell in seven minutes. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. All right, let's get to a mad dash. We've got an opening bell less than two minutes from now. Best Buy, a name that we haven't followed yet. Uh, reported earnings. Give me the take. Okay, so first of all, uh, Corey Barry was very good at understanding how to do supply chain. She was well ahead of the game. So she was quite well supplied. Second, we had work from home, which was terrific for Best Buy. Then we got all the incentives from the government, which was great for discretionary. David, it's over. Now, the fact that they're, that they're signaling that total same-store sales um, are going to be Double digit down in domestic. Uh, it, it increased 13, they decreased 13%, and that the stock's up is almost fanciful because what it shows you is how negative people are that you can get that number and people regard as positive. Uh, that said, when you get a company of this quality and it sells, this is the key aspect, at seven times earnings, you know, you just say to yourself, seven times earnings. I have a list here of companies that are selling at a P.E. of lower than 10 in the S&P, 85%. I mean, 85. 85. 85 or 500 companies, yeah. I just think what this shows is people are basically saying, you know what, I'll take a shot at a good company that yields 4.7% and is going to be able to get through this period. The stock's best buy is down 26% coming into this morning. but reflective of people's anticipation yeah. of numbers. And they withdrew their guidance, but it doesn't matter. Uh, this is where we are now at this time because everyone is so darn negative that Macy's can sell at four times earnings with a much better balance sheet than it had. People have given up. And I like the situation when people have given up. There's the opening bell, CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board this morning, it is cellular therapy company Cryocell celebrating its transfer from the NASDAQ. And at the NASDAQ, Amadesis, a provider of home health 
and hospice care. Jim, as for Best Buy, not too many retailers are reporting inventory declines year on year, down no, six. They, this, you have, I want to emphasize that Corey Barry is one of my absolute her- uh, heroines. She has done a remarkable job. The stock is way too cheap. They have figured out how to deal with all this, but like I have HP tonight. Again, the amount of money that was going into work from home has declined rather drastically, whether it be Sonos or Best Buy. The only one that has really continued to deliver for work from home is Williams-Sonoma. And that is because uh, you would get from Laura Alber, as she said last week, once you know that you really are able to work from home, you get rid of the, she didn't say this, I'm going to say the word for it. You get rid of the Wayfair and you bring in the big guns. Right. You bring in the nice stuff. You bring in West Elm. Well, uh, big lots going to have a good morning. Up eight, uh, smaller than expected loss. Revenue beat. Uh, Bespoke Jim has a great stat on Bed Bath. Over the last 12 trading days, Bed Bath's either been the best or the worst stock on the S&P 1500 for well, nine different trading days. I- I've always been a fan of uh, Professor Siegel. And I was shocked, but also gratified to see that you said, listen, these are just gambling stocks. That There's a class. And it's gambling stocks. Like you, when you go to the casino, and, and, and Dostoevsky wrote about this, you know, David. Uh, you go to you go to the when, when you go to roulette, the, the skill of roulette is, is is not that powerful. There's not a lot of skill to roulette, David. No, that's a that's a well, game of chance. Well, so's bed bed. It's a game of chance, right? When Fresher Siegel says it's gambling, that's a game of chance. And that's what it's become. Uh, the only thing that we know for certain is that Ryan Cohen, on the backs of the foolish memesters, made a ton of money. He did. Right? He, he did He got well. in at a low price. He got out at a high price. And what do we do? Expect him to share it with the people from the memesters? No, he should never be, uh, obviously, believed as an activist, which is how he portrayed yes. himself in this. Covered it more treatment. Even managing to successfully install some directors and then exiting almost immediately. Well, you know what he did? He hit double zero. He did. Very hard. He did. He um, played the game of chances yeah. double zero. Now, in the meantime, GameStop, okay? Now, we never even talk about GameStop anymore. Uh, but we should because... It's a mall-based store, and I don't know if anyone has watched the mall-based stocks, but the decline in David Simon's stock of Simon Property Group is frightening. It now yields 6.7. I think he's the smartest in the group. Will well, you look at that? We did, a, we did an interview wow. with David and I yesterday about, with Silverstein, right, yes. talking about office occupancy, guys has been national average 40 yep. for since May. And uh, maybe that's a summer dynamic, but even Texas is, hasn't been able to crack 60. What, what, if I were president, if I were king of the forest, I would say, I would go to, to um, I would have a summit meeting with- At the White House. With Veggie Pell. And I would say, listen, we've now spent trillions on stuff where we don't have anybody to be able to build anything because it's all engineers that we need, right? I mean, imagine, building a factory in Ohio, you think it's like, hey, it's just to put together a factory, you and me a couple of, no, those are really, we're talking about high intensity machines from Lamb Research. What we really need is to convert those office buildings. Now, people don't understand, if you go next door, there is a one wall, a gorgeous building, it used to be Bankers Trust. They're putting apartments in there. What Jay, what Mr. I said I wasn't gonna do that anymore. What Chief Powell needs more than anything else in the world, other than people being fired, is to have those buildings converted 
Into housing. Into housing. Into housing. Into housing. Uh, we talked a lot about that, in fact, with Marty Berger in the past from Silverstein and other, uh, other landlords here of commercial space in the city. Well, uh, the floor plans of the buildings built in like the 60s, very difficult. Not a lot of light, very expensive to really redo them. Whereas a lot of the buildings around this area, which already have been converted to yes. residential, lend themselves more to that possibility. Well, um, but it's going to be very difficult to take your core corridor uh, in a lot of these cities where you've got you know, buildings built in the last 50, 40, 50 years yeah. and do anything with them. How about factories? How about them? Old we got factories. more factories. Well, Old what are you factories. talking about? We're actually I don't know. Look, manufacturing I'm, I'm trying to solve the country. housing crisis. Look at the oh, yeah. solar. This well, uh, first solar today. Thank you. Uh, $1.2 billion. They're going to expand capacity 75% yeah. because of, uh, because of the, the Inflation, inflation Reduction, reduction Act. Act. Well, but where are they going to find the workers? I mean, we're, uh, I don't think the supply chain is, is as important, if not more, than just yeah, the workers, Jim. Setting up the proper supply chain to actually produce solar panels here in the U.S. Uh, look, I think it's incredibly important. I'm need, saying that but for solar, that's a big deal. We're not, that, that, that's not yeah, an insignificant yeah, yeah, moment. Where are they they would not find, have done it where are they were it not find, for wait, the bill. The, the, where are they going to find the workers? Just trying to talk. Where are they going to find the workers? If, if Greg Hayes from Raytheon Technologies, cannot find 5,500 highly paid engineers, of which he will pay for you know, any degrees you want too, by the way. If they can't find them, how are all these startups gonna find them? And how many battery well, factories can we have? Yeah. You think we just have nothing but battery factories at a certain point? Well, we are uh, moving towards renewables and that's going to require a, a ramping up of a lot of different things, yes. Well, how many engineers does our, our schools we're too busy turning out computer scientists and computer engineers in order to be able to work at Google and Meta. And now you're asking those people to go and work at a, what, a solar factory? I don't, maybe it's a different uh, group of people. I mean, Elon Musk doesn't seem to have too much trouble finding people. Well, he's got the magic, he's Midas. In Austin he's or Midas. in California. I'm going out to Seattle and go out to San Francisco, and we're going to find out what the hell is going on out there. Will you let us know when you, you do come that. back? You do that. I don't. I see unemployment out there. I see companies, these software as a service companies, not getting funding anymore because everybody knows that it's nonsense. Yeah, actually, Axios has a piece out this morning that the, one of the takeaways from Jackson Hole is that supply, supply challenges are here to stay, right? It's China tensions. It's um, COVID. Well, it's climate change, it's demographics, it's labor force. China has taken itself out of the running uh, as a safe place to do business, and safe meaning because of COVID. But we don't have, I mean, until you dredge the Hanoi Harbor, I can't believe there's still not mines there that we put in. Until you probably are. Until you dredge it, like the, nobody has enough capacity. Like, we all became hostage. We didn't even realize that we were hostage. We were so happy to have China. Well, now we're trying to change that. Hence, yeah, back where, to that first solar announcement and others. Wait, they should do it in Mexico, but no one the supply seems to, chains here in this country. Nobody to seems produce to, these things. I think they should move to Mexico. I think Mexico's got everything they need, but they don't. Except for the Germans. The Germans are very happy. City of Puebla, the Volkswagen plant there, biggest in the world, goes on for it's like a, it's like seven football fields. The Germans are very comfortable building everything in Mexico and then sending it up, whether BMW, Volkswagen, uh, Benz, they are down there big. When you go on the planes that I do, David? Yes. Uh, a feeder's aid when you're getting off it. You know, a feeder's aid. 
Got it. Not like that's the know. way in Philadelphia they say German. See you later. Whiz wit. I say whiz wit. Whiz wit. <laughs> you know what whiz wit is? No. Oh wait, is it what you put on your cheesesteak? <laughs> oh my god. And what did uh never mind. Someone ordered uh Swiss wit. What was the what was it last week? Oh it was hands. Oh yes. Hey, hands. Hans. Yeah, I'm hands. from Philadelphia. Hands. <laughs> I saw hands at um uh hands down. I saw him at a dinner for Benioff. I had a lot of CEOs. Did you say hi, hands? He gave him the hands? Remember what Senator Curry said? What? When he got to the window? Yeah, no. He went to Provolone. (laughs) That's wrong. Um, He went to Swiss. Your Best Buy uh, is up over 5%. Well, I I told you. Uh, When you have a stop, we have to start talking about these stocks. By the way, I don't have the PE below 8. I got it around 12 and a half. So... Well, on, I mean, just, on this fiscal year, so I'm not sure what numbers you're looking at. Well, I'm I'm just saying, if you that going into this, if you thought that the stock was going to be down big, it would be mm. on my list. Okay. I think that I want to make these cases, Carl. Here's what we never talk about anymore because everyone's so down. Let's say you have a CEO who is great as Corey Corey Bird. She told me that gaming was going to run its course. Okay. She told me that they've got enough PCs to be able to handle work from home, but not more. She told me that they had a system called the, the uh, Total Tech Membership. Now, it didn't hurt their, it did hurt their numbers. That would make it so basically you could have, for home office, you could, you, 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 you get IT. I think it's fantastic. You get IT. You know, remember, home office, the IT person doesn't want to come to your house, but the Best Buy IT person comes. And they're, they're respectable and terrific. So, buy Best Buy. There you have it. Uh, shares of Lucid. 4.5% yield. Yes. Shares of Lucid are down, guys. I, I haven't mentioned Lucid. I was on Best Buy. I know, but I'm moving on to Lucid. How did we just move to Lucid? Because, because we, when I you thought you were. you want to stop at Fisker before we get to Lucid? I, I, well, there, you were talking about EV growth. And, yeah. Uh, was there, are there any other points you yeah. want to make on Best Buy? I thought you were done. Okay, go. Go big lot. Uh, Lucid is, is down because the, the company does file the pos- uh, uh, to raise what could be an aggregate of $8 billion in primary capital uh, in one or more offerings over, the, over three years. Um, that could obviously include common, preferred, warrants, debt securities. This is sort of a broad-ranging uh, shelf registration, but certainly paves the way for the company to obviously continue to raise money because... Because they're, they're pumping out cars by the what? By the sevens? By the, by the dozens. By the sevens. By the sevens. And um, it costs them a lot of money to do that, and they obviously are not nearly at the scale where they're generating free cash flow at this point. So, no? And how no. are the cars working? I don't know. Yeah. How are the cars working? You were, the, you were one of the re- early drivers. I got to recall my Maverick yesterday. I was really bummed. That has nothing to do with Lucid. No, it has to do with, like, Lucid had some technical problems making cars. Okay. So what, you got to send it back in to, to My service? Maverick, I could take it in. Your Maverick. It just says the engine can catch fire. I don't know. Technically That's true with a lot of cars. Negative. I love my Maverick. Does that sour you on Ford? I, I love my, no, I love my Maverick. My daughter loves her Bronco. I love Ford. I think my Mavericks, people turn their heads and they see me in my Maverick. I'll bet they do. Yes, they do. Area 51 color. Excuse me? I felt terrible. My wife's going to take it in. Uh, you know, Jim, one thing we haven't mentioned yet was this line from Kashkari yesterday. Oh, what did he say? That got, uh, that got some chatter that he was happy about the stock market's reaction to Jackson <laughs> yeah. Hole. Well, that's what, that's, this is part and parcel of where we are. We have to accept 
that the Fed wants anything of value to be worth less. Yes. That's what he wants. I mean, David, they want, well, I was going to say your suit, but you're wearing like Wrangler or something. They want my suit to be worth less. That's what they want. This, no, no, they want you to. This is exactly what Citi said that they want to see financial conditions tighten, a quote, clear negative for risk assets. Exactly. And you know what? Let's just accept that. It's just at a certain point when you have 85 stocks of the S&P that are already selling below 10, do they not realize that in many ways they've won this thing? They're, they're winning. But, you know, then you take it like Tellurian, which is important for what's going to happen in Europe. They're raising funds for a $16.8 billion driftwood project. Well, okay. How are they going to do that in an environment where the Fed doesn't want them to? That's a lot of money. That's what you said. A lot of money. Yeah. But these projects are enormous what a and require an enormous amount of capital. It yeah. take years to complete. Right, but we need them. But you can't do it well, fast. Don't forget, things do change. I mean, when the first terminals were being built for LNG, they were actually to import it, not to export it. I know. Well, that was Reef Suki was going to be the first person to import. Then he became the first one to export. Yeah. I'm telling you, the one that is never talked about is Sempra. They've got the plants. They've got the, they are the ones that are set up, I think, best. But because they're in Mexico and the other side, people don't talk about it. Interesting. Temper's great. Well, watch it. By the way, we should take note of energy down a couple bucks on yeah. Texas. Yep. AAA gas prices, Jim, now down 77 days in a row. That's incredible. Uh, Fed's winning there. Oxy's, no, Oxy's the Fed, your biggest S&P loser? The, the Fed's, the Russians, and the fact that the Strategic Petroleum Service is the lowest level. In, it's not strategic anymore. It's By the way, speaking of Oxy, uh, you know who wow. turns 92 years old today? Wow. Uh, mm. Warren, Warren Buffett, Buffett. 92. Wow. Uh, I mean, he's a, remarkable in so many ways, including that. Yep. Our happy, our best to wishes uh, to Warren and everyone over there is amazing. He is amazing. Buffett headlines uh, continue to, to fly around today. There's some on BYD trimming a little bit in Hong Kong. They're crushing. They're really crushing oil. And we don't talk about that enough. That's, see, now, the, the Fed switched. I mean, we're talking about oil. And then oil went down a lot, and aluminum went down a lot, and copper went down. It was never enough. Now it's wages and rents. So we have to watch wages and rents. And what we need to see is unemployment, three and a half, go to four. We need to see the wages stabilize, have two quarters where they don't, where they don't rally, they don't go up. And at that point, maybe he will begin to talk about how one day we're going to pivot. Yeah, I don't know. I've seen, a, I've seen a couple calls for three, four unemployment on Friday. So, oh, my God, you're kidding me. Nah, I think J.P. Morgan's somewhere around uh, there. 3-4? So we're we'll going to get crushed we'll if it's 3-4. Uh, S&P did go red there briefly for a moment, and the markets have lost some steam from the open. Let's get to Bob Pisani. Morning, Bob. Flattish open. Uh, and uh, on Warren Buffett's uh, birthday, the essays of Warren Buffett, one of my top five investment books of all time. I recommend it for everybody. Uh, meantime, just take a look at the uh, at the major movers right now. Uh, Kathy Wood's ARC Fund was up at the open, doing a little bit better. Uh, consumer discretionary semi. So they're going for the slightly growthier parts of the market. That's a good sign. That's a reversal of what's happened the last couple of days. And as Carl referenced, there you see energy down about 2.5%. I just want to point out what a big decline these energy stocks are because they've had a a big run, and the market hasn't been, the bulls haven't been terribly happy. Look at that, Occidental new high yesterday. 
yesterday, down 4%. Hess was 2% from a new high yesterday, down 2%. Exxon was 4% from a new high. It's down. Chevron's weighing uh, on the Dow, as you can see. And the nat gas-oriented stocks, there are companies that get a little more of the revenue from natural gas, APA, that, that stock went from 30 to 40 in, in a couple of weeks. It was 42 yesterday. Uh, so big, big runs in these nat gas stocks, all getting down, all down a little bit more than the market. Uh, as always, the issue is the Fed. We need confirmation. Inflation is peaking. And frankly, commodities haven't been very helpful this month. Uh, if you take a look, oil's flat to down 3% maybe right now. Uh, we're seeing some other things. Uh, nat gas is up 10%. Energy stocks have been on a big tear. I just showed you there, uh, except for today. They're up 7% for the month. Uh, so that's a bit of a problem. We want to see, obviously, commodity prices move to the downside. As for where we are right now, look, it's August, folks. Yesterday was the second lightest volume day of the year uh, at the New York Stock Exchange, and six of the last 10 or so light volume days have been in the last few weeks. Uh, we've gone from overbought uh, in the middle of August to over, closely oversold, not quite oversold, but in about two weeks. Uh, and one of the main reasons is bond yields have been moving up. Even long before Friday, bond yields were moving up in the middle of August, and that was putting pressure on the stock market. Uh, as for the S&P 500, well, look, the, the one of the few things, you take a look at yesterday, what happened. You, you see that drop in the last 10 minutes? We dropped 20 points. We were just down a little bit. And we dropped 20 points going in the last 10 minutes. And that's the period when generally buybacks are closed. And one of the things that's very interesting this year is buybacks have been a very important part of the market. The amount of buybacks have been up quite noticeably. And I think that was a factor in that drop yesterday when the buybacks kind of walked away because the volume has been so light. There's not a lot of other buyers that are out there, particularly since the Fed chased a lot of buyers away. So here's a stat from Morgan Stanley this morning. Thank you for providing this, Morgan. So the cash dividends this year up 13 percent. Buybacks up 137% in the last 12 months. And Carl, I personally would prefer to see more dividends. That's cash in people's hands. But buybacks are more flexible and obviously a favorite of corporations right now. Carl, back to you. All right, Bob. We'll see you in a bit, uh, Bob Pisani. Quick reminder here this morning, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up, find out some more at cnbc.com slash join the club. Or you can use the QR code on your screen and it'll take you right there. As we go to break, watch bonds today. We already got Barkin saying not in recession. Uh, we're in sort of a post-war inflation period. Uh, we do not expect it to come down predictably. And a little more uh, Fed speak later on today. 10-year 307. Well, the uh, index gains have uh, faded from the pre-market. Dow's down nine. But take a look at some of the leaders. You see Best Buy up six, Big Lots up eight, some decent action in retail today. Uh, some of the cruise lines doing well uh, following through on that. And, of course, PVH tonight. We'll get Stop Trading with Jim in a moment. Let's get to Jim and Stop Trading. What happens when you've got a new iteration of an important ship by AMD, the Ryzen 7000, at the same time that, that uh, Mr. Daly at City comes out and says the semis have to fall to a new low, maybe as much down as 25%. Uh, because 60 percent of the demand is falling. The answer is AMD goes down because the catalyst, the city piece, is so negative about semis. And I think the city piece is going to be proved to be too negative. But right now, the gravitational pull of that piece is crushing this. Even as the the software as a service stocks go higher today. So yeah. just be aware, this is going to be a day where the semis are under severe pressure. Because I mean, they do the reiterate pull. ADI as a top pick. Over they like ADI. ADI was not well received when they reported. Uh, Oh, and, and he likes AMD across the other side, but it's kind of like the Jordan River. You know, it's deep and wide. Nobody gets the other side. 
So be careful. I think that I like these stocks, but today there's a pull over the semis. All right, Jim. How about tonight? Okay, speaking of pull over the semis, I've got uh, Enrico Lourdes, and now he's the HP. We got to find out how bad HP's really doing. Now, Enrique. Think he'll tell you? No, Enrique's always got a good story to tell because they make a lot of money off it. And then off printing, too. Wow. Then John Fieldley. Now, here's a stock. If you look at this stock, this is one of the best performers. This is because of that tie in with Pepsi. And uh, that's a winner. Boy, the winners are so few and far between. (laughs) I found a winner. I found a winner. Not not too many today. Chicken dinner. We'll see tonight, though. Mad money. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Good one. When we come back, these consumer headwinds, what it means for the economy. Is a demand-driven recession on the horizon? We'll discuss it with the S&P down five. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From pit lane to podium, the Las Vegas Grand Prix is providing fans a race day experience at the speed they deserve with the help of T-Mobile for Business. Our 5G advanced network solutions are powering race day operations with event-wide connectivity. From streamlined gate entry to an immersive app, giving fans blazing fast access to the sport they love. This is accelerating innovation. This is the Las Vegas Grand Prix with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.